What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. What's Up Whittier? Dun, da, da, da. Remo. Jesse. Good morning. Good morning, Most sir. of the time it's not morning, but today is morning. Yeah, usually we do a podcast in the afternoon. Uh, this time we were early, up early, just because uh, you're up early. Yeah, you're not up early. <laughs> I'm not up early, man. I'm not a morning guy. I'm it's having a sh- lunch in a little bit. Oh, man, what are you talking about, lunch? Yeah. It's still breakfast. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Um, obviously, today we're, we're again on location. Yeah. Uh, special guest here. Yeah. Special guest, uh, which is uh, um, one of those locations or businesses that... Uh, it's a staple here in Whittier. I mean, it's uh, been here for, for a long time. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I know a little bit of story behind it. Uh, I don't know if you know any bit, any bit about where we're at, but... Um, I know a little bit, but not... I mean, that the whole point is to, to educate and, and let the uh, the world, especially Whittier, know about this uh, this establishment. I'm hoping to learn. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping to learn a lot of stuff. So uh, with that said, we'll, we'll introduce our, our special guest today. Uh, today we have Ruben and Brian yeah. with with Levels Records. Yeah. Levels Records. Levels Records. And, and, That's how you say it. Levels. And, yeah. Like uh, L-O-V. I, and everyone either pronounces it Lavelles or Levels. Um, you know. But to say it once and for all, it's Levels. Like you love somebody. But in all honesty, who cares? As long as you have fun and you remember the store's name. Yeah. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. And you come in. Yeah. As long right. as you come in and yeah. you know spend money and have yeah. a good time. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. So do you want to describe what, what kind of store it is? And, so and the, the store here uh, is predominantly a music shop. You know, we, we specialize in vinyl, used, new. Um, but we have basically any kind of media. You know, we sell a lot of Blu-rays, DVDs, CDs, um, anything that has any kind of music related except for shirts. Uh, Uptown 2000 does a great job of curating that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we stay, off, we stay off their toes. We don't want to drift war. Uh, but any kind of CDs or LPs you guys need, any kind of music, uh, we have new, used, uh, old, new stuff that's coming out. So a little bit of that. Nice, nice. And, and obviously, you, you talk about records. I mean, it's a, you guys have a lot of records in here. And uh, do you guys do they still make new records or, or uh, new vinyl? Vinyl, sorry. Yeah, no, you could say vinyl. You could say vinyl. You could say records. I uh, just don't say vinyls. Uh, there's a big contention debate over that. But no, hey, really? yeah, yeah. You said vinyl is plural already. So okay. You don't add the s. Um, but. Uh, yeah, they're still making tons of LPs. Uh, you know, actually, surprisingly, uh, you know, since they don't make they don't make the machines that process the LPs anymore. So, you know, there's there's only a few plants left in this country. A lot of stuff is being made overseas just because the demand is so high. Uh, so there's currently a big backlog of just of records being processed. But yeah, they, they've never really stopped making records. Uh, I could say that they've slowed down. Okay. Um, but actually, now it's what was it like a year or two ago? Records finally outsold. CDs? Yeah, yeah. No yeah, way. I've been hearing that for a few years, yeah. but like every, but like every year, they, you know, they do an update on how much vinyl sells. But yeah, I think officially now it's it's outselling CDs. And wow. Everything else. Well, a vinyl is more vintage, and you, you have a player. CDs are typically in a car. Mm-hmm. Everyone now with Pandora, you know, if you're listening on your phone, you're not running around with CDs. But vinyl is a little bit different because oh, sure. it's you know you can actually like play it versus. Know, again, I'm, I'm a Pandora person. I just turn it on and just get lost in it. Um, but a vinyl is obviously a lot different because well, of course you're, yeah. you're more intentional with what you're listening to. Yeah, and you know, don't I mean, don't get us wrong. I mean, we play our Spotify phones here all the time. Oh, you know, we go through records, CDs. So you know, we embrace all mediums. Yeah. You know, there's not like a right one to choose from. I mean, even yeah. 
even cassettes are kind of making this have had this kind of little resurgence in the past couple of years. Wow. You know, I mean, um, so yeah, they're still making cassettes. A lot of bands are deciding to use cassettes because it's actually cheaper for them to make pro- to make uh, the product. But yeah, I mean, you know, we use a little bit of everything. Um, you yeah, know, I, asking, I personally love my Spotify. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah, yeah. A, mil- a gajillion songs in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. You know. I mean, I never listen to records. I hardly ever listen to records at home because yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm here and I listen to records, you know, yeah. like all day. So by the time I'm done, I never go put on a record. Yeah, yeah. So are <laughs> you guys ever. playing records right now or yes, is this yeah. it, so it's yeah. an actual. So you guys cure it up in the morning or how does, how uh, does it have our bags? I mean, I'm sure Ruben the same. I mean, uh-huh. I have my bag of records that I bring to work. I switch. Uh-huh. Them, I try to switch them out. Sometimes some things stay in there for yeah. like weeks once once in a great while i'll take everything out and put in new ones uh-huh. you know because i mean you know we have tons of personal records yeah. so yeah. and how yeah. long does a record uh, like last like as far as lengthwise for recording is uh, it 30 minutes hour uh it, they could if you have a double lp it could be a little over an hour but i mean one lp both sides could be anywhere from like you know 30 minutes to probably we'd say like an hour yeah, that's about fit. Yeah, I, I, but at that, at that point, you could start you could start getting really nerdy and start talking about sound degradation. Yeah, you know, there's yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's obviously a niche for everything. So most albums generally are about forty five minutes an hour. Yeah, um, on just, one side where you on, don't have on, to touch on, on it. Both, sides. Both, on both just on because both. as you start as you start putting a lot more music on one side of a record, yeah. the grooves get smaller and smaller and so you start getting sound loss uh-huh. and then you know it's just, it. it kind of cheapens the product but it. it's also annoying to flip over yeah. multiple <laughs> records so yeah. hence the spotify and the pandora yeah. it's a lot easier it's too much work, too much yeah. work. yeah for sure every 20 minutes you gotta yeah. go in yeah exactly before we get in deep into all this uh, record stuff uh can you give us a little history about uh how it started and, and where it began and, and where we're at now Sure, I think uh, what you say. The started the store started in Whittier, yeah, on in, Philadelphia in the '30s, uh, right around where the tattoo shop is. It was really, used to go. It still says Levels in the walkway. That was no the way. first location, and that was in the '30s. Nice, and like an appliance shop. I'm assuming. Yeah, you could yeah, actually like washers, like dryers. Brian said, you could walk down Philadelphia and you see Levels like um, what is it called? Where they like a mosaic in the actual floor, like a nice. like an old department store. So it's yeah. still there. Um, and then I think they moved in this location, 64, 65? 65 in this location. Yeah. And, and where does it, uh, before we get into like the, the dating of the store, the name, where does the name come from? So the original owner who started it back in the 30s or so, his name was Tom Lovell. Okay. Um, you know, and he started, like Brian said, selling appliances, radios. Um, they used to do like uh, record your own music and booths and everything like that. And then... You know, they just sort of carried on that legacy because obviously the store has been here for so long that they're not going to change it to, you know, yeah. our current owner has owned it for a while or for a long time. I should say, you know, I think Levels is a better choice yeah. than, uh, His than name Goggles. His is Tom, though, too. I was going to say, no <laughs> coincidence, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. Just, um, it's okay. So then it, from, it went from Philadelphia, I moved up to where we're at now here in, on Greenleaf. When did that happen? When did that move happen? 65? In, in 65, so you guys, okay. yeah. I don't know too much because that even predates Tom working here. Tom started working here in like in seventy two, I think he said. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was like uh, in between or about to start college. Yeah, yeah, uh, right, Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, he he got the job here because uh, I mean he sold us a lot of stories, but I think was the one where he tell you where he got fired from like a like a Robinson's Mayor. Yeah, he was or like working a May Company, something like that. Tom was working locally because Tom was born and raised in Norwalk. He went to St. Paul. Um, and he was working at a department store, and I think like his first week he got fired for dropping paint or something ridiculous. And uh, he just was looking for a job, and he walked in, and 
He was able to get the job, you know, based off his good looks. Yeah, yeah. Tom was was pretty cool at one point for sure. He was, <laughs> yeah. he seems like he seems like he was fun and yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, obviously, at that point, was it all already like a record store, or was it still the appliances and uh, everything else? No, it was. I think by the time it got to around the forties and fifties. You know, that's when you started getting started selling more radios. Okay, and then I would say around the fifties, probably even the forties, because I've seen some bags that are whole seventy eights. They were probably already selling records at that point. Okay, I think it was just like a general electronics store. Oh, but uh, as I said, I think they used to have actual recording booths at one point. Nice. So you could cut your own record, cut your own lacquer. So wow. I mean, it's been selling records for. I'd say probably like the 40s or 50s. Yeah, so from day one when they first opened, huh? Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. anything you could sell in that kind of field. You know, I'm sure they had they had uh, record players, so they're like, hey, let's, you know, we're going to sell the 78s. Yeah, they, you probably the had records. to play something in the store to show how it sounded. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm sure it's probably was easier to sell a $2 record than uh, 50 whatever, however much a high-end yeah. high stereo was back then. <laughs> yeah. And that's also something to note, too. I think people don't realize, we tell them, and we've been here obviously a long time, but I think... From the research we've done, we're, this is probably the oldest continuously operating record store yeah. in California, probably if not the entire West Coast. You know, there are a lot of stores that started yeah, in the you. 70s or let's say 68, 69 or some of the earliest ones, but this store has been selling some sort of records probably since, like I said, the 40s or 50s. And again, you don't hear that often. I mean, records is like, you know, uh, kind of like what Remo was saying earlier. It's, you know, you, it's easy to buy a CD and pop it in because everybody has a, a, a CD player, but... To play a record, I mean, you really have to be a fan uh, or a collector to be able to have, you know, uh, essentially somebody to play it on, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a whole system. You need yeah, that. and you're usually stationary. You're maybe at home or at, like, a gathering. It's, it's not one of the – or obviously home by yourself. But it's not like you're not taking a record in the car right? right. or in, in a Walkman or, you know, back in the days. Yeah. They, I mean, they. I think uh, back in the 60s they tried, you know, like, uh, to go – uh, they had these things called like hip records, right? Remember, like the oh, flexi, yeah. The, yeah, they're like they're in, basically in envelopes. Yeah, yeah, and you could be able to literally. The idea was to shove them in your back pocket, uh-huh. and you'd go to somebody's house and play records. But stuff like that, records are not meant to really be transported unless you're going to DJ, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, so going back to the store, obviously, uh, where we're at now. Uh, I mean, we're looking around, and, and most of the walls are, and even the center aisles are filled with records. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point was was that change or that switch of like, you know, we're going to get rid of all the appliance stuff and just focus on a record shop? I think that was probably even before they moved to this location. Okay, because when it's when it was in this location, uh, one here on Greenleaf, uh, it was always records. It was always just straight records. And um, a head shop. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah right <laughs> here, there's actually, you, uh, you can see some pictures. Once in a while, someone posted her. Yeah. And, and right here was the actual, like, head shop. Either here or there. I don't, I don't know, but pipes and bongs uh-huh. and stuff. And it had nothing to do with Tom, right? It was, <laughs> no. no. By that time, yeah, maybe. I mean, he was still kind of cool back then, but definitely not anymore with, with that kind of stuff. We just sell records. So. You know, you guys, you guys say cool. Uh, uh, so I had the privilege of meeting him about maybe five years ago or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, he gave me a little tour of his, you know, place and so forth, oh, and yeah. a tour here. And um, that guy's a—he's uh, an artist, man. Like oh, he, yeah, yeah. he does some really cool stuff. Um, uh, can you talk about what he does up here in the little, um, in the uh, oh, display window? Display window, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's just his art. It's always his. Whatever's in that window is, is always his. And yeah. They went through a long spell of not doing anything, right? Of not making any art. It's like maybe 
10 or 15 years yeah. then all of a sudden he just started making stuff again but like yeah. the most famous one, i think were the pants right yeah the, pants, the shirt yeah the there's shirt. a you know shellac some pants on a thing and painted it yeah. and people always i mean people always ask you know ask if they're for sale and he's like yeah. no no it's but, his private collection which you yeah. know right yeah i mean that's one of the few things that we know that he actually enjoys doing you know he's you know he's, he's done a lot of things in life but he always somehow goes back to art and i mean that's more has to say with you know, obviously, music, art, it's all intertwined. So even though he may not be a musician, um, I think he uses his art as some sort of outlet. So, you know, every season, every couple months, he'll switch it out. And I think it's kind of his way of at least, you know, showing his presence. Because as you guys know, he's a very private private individual. Yeah. You know, you barely see him anymore. Um, but, you know, we always get a kick whenever he puts out a new installation. And he still does it. He still makes, nice. he still makes new things and changes things. So. Yeah. And again, that's per, one of, what makes one of these storefronts pretty unique. Because again, uh, being able to display art, and it's it's a, it's big. I mean, they're big canvases oh, yeah. uh, or, or pieces, um, and to know that they're made by the actual person who owns a place is, yeah. is pretty cool, man. Yeah, so. he does. He does a great job. We uh, that's the one. That's still like the coolest thing he does. I think is he still makes a lot of great art, and we have, we have a lot of it too in the store. You know, from the the flags and the the prints. So he's still pretty active in that. Nice, nice. So when did you guys get started? I mean, when did you come on board? Uh, man, I've been here probably a similar story to Brian. I mean, we've both been here the longest. I think we've probably been here the longest employees uh, probably ever, except for not, not, not counting not Tom. Tom. Yeah. like the ultimate employee. Yeah. Um, but I started pretty much out of high school, I'd say 2002, making dating myself. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, 2002, 2003 is when I probably started, so almost in that 20-year mark. And I think Brian was – He'll, he'll come in and tell you, but um, shortly after. And it was one of those things where I had friends at the time that worked at the shop. Um, the, the shop? Or at this shop, shop, yeah. I had a lot of friends that worked at the shop. And I think one day I was out going to a show, and I got a, I got a call on my sidekick. And uh, if anyone even remembers what those sidekicks are. Uh-huh. And uh, I just called, and he asked if he wanted somebody to come in and apply for the job. And I applied. And I remember my immediate thought was, I'm not going to work at that store. That that old man is just so cranky all the time. I don't want to work for him. <laughs> but then when I got to know him, um, he actually opened up a lot, and he, uh, I realized that just sort of a facade. You know, he's not always a cantankerous man. He's actually really, really great, and he's you know he's a, he's a great boss. Um, but ever since then, I've just kind of been stuck. Uh, it's more of like, uh, you know, I still have fun coming to work. I love work. Um, but you know it becomes part of your family at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And did you start here? You work here because you enjoy music. Was that natural, or uh, it, you know, in all honesty, a lot of it was you know it's cool. It's everybody when you're out of high school or in high school, you're like, oh, I want to work at a record shop, or this kind of this this idea of how cool it is, which it is. It's very cool. But also, you have to remember this is a retail shop. So it, you know, anybody who works retail or works with the public sec- sector, you know, it's like. Obviously, there are going to be some some uh, bubbles bursted. But yeah. when I, I remember when I got the call, I was very excited. You know, obviously, I love music. I've been collecting records and going to shows. You know, ever since I was thirteen, mm-hmm. basically, I went to my first show when I was like twelve. I think wow. I saw Mana when nice. I was like twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was. You know, it's a, it's a, it goes hand in hand. That's why I feel so comfortable here now. Wow. The uh, in terms of obviously the the record side of things, um, I, I heard you had a band. Or you still play a band? Yeah, or? yeah. Uh, actually, pretty much everybody who works here kind of has their their talented musically in some form or another. Right. Brian, uh, Brian's not up. He's actually helping a customer. Uh, but Brian plays in a in a couple bands. Uh, he's played in bands his whole life and DJed. I've played music most of my life. I still have a band. Um, 
we still practice and have fun. Yeah. You know, so music obviously is a very important part of our lives. Yeah. Do you guys have any records recorded yourselves? Yeah, you we've actually we've, we've actually pressed I think three LPs. Um, for me, funny thing is like the whole purpose for me to be in a band was to press vinyl, because at the time when we pressed our first LP, you know, records weren't super popular as they were as they are now. So that was always my goal. It's like you're in a band, you have to have an actual record. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, back in the day, if you're a band, making a record was the biggest deal of your life. You know, yeah. whether you tour or not. So I had the privilege of making three three LPs. Uh, we don't keep them here uh, because we only carry good music. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely my records are not going to be here. Um, um, and an L- LP, would it be just one song or the whole album? Oh, the whole thing. Album? Yeah, LP is a long play. So just the whole album. But the one that you guys recorded was a whole album? Yeah, we've done like song? three whole albums wow. so far. This has been fun. And what what instrument do you play? A uh, guitar. I try to play guitar. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of work, a lot of behind-the-scenes magic on that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of your band? Uh, it's The Littlest Viking. The Littlest Viking. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Where does that come from? It's uh, it's a reference to this TV show I watched when I was a kid. It's called uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. And one of the shows, the titles, was um, Farewell, My Little Viking. And it's a real super insider thing, but I just decided, like, that's, it's a kind of cool name. And that episode, if you saw it, kind of, uh, you know, I just relate to it. It's a fun little name. Yeah. And how big is the band? How many uh, well, there's only two of us. It's uh, just drums and guitar. Drums, okay. guitar... Um, you know, a lot of onstage banter. Uh, you know, it's we've been doing it. My buddy Chris, uh, phenomenal, talented drummer. Um, yeah, we've been playing for I'd say over ten years now. You know, yeah, well over ten years for sure. I keep on thinking about how old I am, and I'm like, oh, it's way more than ten years. <laughs> you know, I forget. When you're having fun, time flies. Yeah, of course. And you lose you lose track of time. Yeah, yeah, it's not work. That's funny. Um, in terms of the uh, the overall, and actually uh, Brian's coming up, and we'll, oh, yeah. we'll ask him what what uh, Brian. We we're just talking about his band mm-hmm. and uh, trying to tie back to what you know music. If you're if you're in a band or, or play any music yeah. or instrument, what do you do? Uh, I play bass mostly. Um, I've, I've been playing for for a while right now. I kind of just play with people. I have kids, a ten year old and a nine eight year old, soon to be nine. So I'm just kind of barely getting back into. Uh, into playing music nice. again, like with other than just in the garage or yeah. at home, you yeah. know. But I mean, for why? I mean, I used to play with his old band and the first incarnation of his current band nice. here when the pizza place was next door. We played quite a few shows there at Ambrose oh, really? back in the day. Yeah, Ambrose, yeah. Was awesome. Ambrose, yeah. And Brandon was in his old band who used to work here. <laughs> oh yeah, shout out to Brandon. Brandon's fantastic. Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? I was gonna say, have you guys ever formed a band within the everybody that works here? Just, no, 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 we never had like a super group. Yeah, super yeah. group. Yeah. Maybe one day if uh, if we're all here when the if the store ever closes, we'll play on the roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. farewell. We'll have like a VH1, uh, you know, yeah. reunion yeah. TV show. I, I play a mean uh, cowbell, so if you guys, uh, yeah, awesome. like the, the chime, you, you have the job. Yeah, the, the triangle, triangle. Yeah. yeah, I can hit that triangle. Oh man, that's oh. awesome, man. Well, in terms of of the number of vinyls or even like cds how many pieces are actually in here oh i i couldn't even tell i mean i i would approximately i don't know ten thousand, maybe more maybe less i mean i don't know i guess (laughs) the easiest way is probably even like figure out how many records you have and then see how close it is to what you can see yeah yeah for sure brian and i both have a pretty extensive lp collection i mean brian how how big how many records oh jesus 
I don't know. I, I have some stuff I haven't even seen in years. I mean, I have boxes that I'll hundreds, thousands, oh, thousands oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, thousands. Yeah, wow. You know, ten thousand or more. I would say probably wow. each. <laughs> yeah. I have a storage unit. I have a garage filled with stuff. You know, in shelves, some in boxes. And you buy them to collect them, or do you buy them and resell them? Uh, I've done both. For the most part, I buy them because you know I dig them for mm-hmm, sure. You know, mm-hmm. but then there are things I don't. Excuse me. Always buy two of you know, like shoes, one to rock, one to stock, uh, you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. and then just resell things. Especially now, I mean, this Christmas, I mean, most of my uh, spending money came from just selling stuff on eBay. Nice. You know, but but yeah, I mean, but, uh, foremost, always buy it because you dig it. You know, for the yeah. most part, I hardly yeah. ever buy anything because I think it's gonna in, inflate in value. Sure. It just so happens that was a, that's a good thing about. Not stopping, you know, buying records. I, I'm sure Ruben could speak for the same thing. Is so much stuff that when they weren't pressing a lot of things, are way more valuable. Like mm-hmm. late '90s, early 2000s stuff is a time not everyone was buying records. So now those pressings are rare and are you know are rare and oh, super wow. super valuable. That's yeah, interesting. We're appropriate. We're the appropriate age now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're stuck in. We're at that right <laughs> age where the stuff that we would get made fun of for listening to. Is now, now like hot. The, is now the yeah. norm. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, when we yeah. bought it, it wasn't even a thought of like this is yeah. resellable. Yeah, totally. But now it is. It's no. interesting you said because yeah, I'm looking around the the, the uh, tables you have. I mean, you got the '60s, you know, the '50s, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Not to realize that actually the newer stuff is like the hit stuff, right? I mean, or or the ones that are less of. Right? Oh yeah, that's that's, uh, that's that's I think the biggest realization that most people that come and sell records. I think that's what they they have that that moment where you know. Most people that sell records in general, they're going to be a little older. They're going to probably be in their 50s or 60s, or they're trying to sell their parents' stuff or their grandparents' stuff. And, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, boomer music, right? Like all the (laughs) 60s rock, 50s rock, all that stuff was like super hot and expensive. But now it's so common. You know, you just got to think about what people are buying, right? People that are buying records are are typically younger for the most part, you know? They have a little bit more disposable income um, because they're lucky enough to live with their parents. Um, I so, feel like they have a huge disposable yeah, income really, when I see them buying stuff. Yeah. Like, what the heck? How are you avoid yeah. that? Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure Brian <laughs> could tell you the same thing. Like when we bought records, you know, when we were buying records when we were teenagers, you know, you could go to flea markets, swap meets. I remember going to just like old, dirty homes back. I look at the penny saver, and people were selling records for a dollar fifty cents. Yeah, good bucks. stuff too. Great stuff yeah. that would now be like stuff I used to buy for a dollar easily. You know, you look at 200 bucks, 300 bucks. And at the wow. time, I didn't think that this is rare. I just wanted it because I loved it. And it just so happened. I just, we just yeah. both happen to have really amazing taste. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it works out for us, you know? Yeah. Um, you mentioned something um, about eBay. Do uh-huh. you guys sell online or is it just a physical store where you come in and, like, do you guys? Uh, ever- oh, yeah. The store sells stuff on eBay, but mostly movies, not not really records, yeah. unless it's like, see, I, I haven't handled the eBay in like years, years. It's a Got headache. It. So when you're so, selling on so eBay, so it's your can speak personal. On that better. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah like, like when I mentioned I, I sold something, yeah, my, yeah. my personal my personal eBay, my personal collection. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, as I'm sure everybody that collects anything, whether it be shoes, t shirts, you know, uh, records. You know the, the resale market is crazy right now. It's super hot. Yeah. I feel like sometimes it it appears that stuff is made just to be resold again oh, for yeah, like, like a Supreme, third time, like all yeah. the Supreme yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's I'm sure every other record store could attest the same thing that just keeping things in stock right now is extremely difficult. One because as we talked about earlier, there's a limited supply of people making records. But another thing is a lot of people are buying records simply to resell, yeah. which you know, like Brian myself you know i don't sell i rarely sell anything 
Um, but if I do, it's because I have extras of it. And I didn't have it because I wanted to sell it. I just had extras. But yeah. um, that resale market is definitely is definitely hurting and helping at the same time. You know, whether it's hurting more, that's a completely different topic. But yeah. Now, do you see yourself at one point when you say, let's say, fast forward another whatever it is, ten, twenty, thirty years? Do you see yourself just selling your collection at one point? As a retirement? I don't, or I don't know. A, my, I, I, I always assume, you know, help put my kids through college if they yeah. want to go to college. If college yeah. is even a thing when, yeah. they, when it's time yeah. for them to go, you know. But, I mean, they can use it however. But there's some stuff I'll probably – I'll always keep, you know, if not all of it. I have fantasized many times about, like, I don't know how much I could get for everything if yeah. I were to – you know. But then again, I'd have to start, you know. It's, yeah, like, it's just a part of it. It's just a part of me for yeah. sure, my, yeah. my record. Just like – what else. is the most expensive LP that maybe each of you have in your own personal collection? Oh, what you're proud of? I don't know. It's the ones that are probably the most valuable are things I'm necessarily like, you know, like, like proud of or have a sentimental value <laughs> yeah. attachment to. I have one record. Oh, I forget what it's called. It's called. Um, it's either the Millennium or, or something, but it has sold for like you know a couple thousand dollars, and I have one. But wow. I mean, I, I I don't know if I could get that for it. Yeah. But it, and it's a cool record too, yeah. you know. I mean, I think if we if we have albums that are worth tons of money, we probably might even know that they're worth that yeah, much money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's so many records that we all, we both individually own. You know, probably the best question would be which one do you guys value the most in your collection that you're you're. Uh, you're, you're constantly yeah. oh like my favorite I don't know it, that, again that's a hard one I mean there's some stuff like my Tribe Called Quest records from high school when they first came out you know I mean I've had those since then you know for like 20 plus years mm-hmm. that are unlistenable now because they've been played <laughs> you know, I used to DJ in high school so you know they're just in horrible condition but, but you, could probably resell, you could probably resell that for a yeah, lot yeah I could probably like, sell just someone's dumb enough to buy it <laughs> yeah totally especially in this retail in this, market, in this resale market you, yeah. could, you could sell anything and people will spend a lot of money yeah but yeah, but yeah it, it's really hard it's hard to tell my taste vary like like Every day I might be really into this or, you know, I might go a few months just really getting into folk music again. And, you know, and then at that time, my random folk records are my favorite or my random, you know, prog records are my favorite that month. Or, you know, I'm on a big soul kick. So my favorite are my soul 45s. Like, it's it just kind of hard to tell. Wow. What about Spotify, you, uh, yeah. You know, just just check my Spotify. And you can <laughs> tell what I'm into the most. Yeah. What about you, Ruben? Is there anything that you like? uh that you hold uh, close to your chest there, on like a- I'm clamoring on. And <laughs> um, I think there are some records I've gotten that I purchased or um, that have stories that I think I'm probably more attached to compared to the value. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure I have tons of records that are not worth anything, but the only thing but those I'm, are probably your favorite. They're ones. probably my favorites. Yeah, yeah like no, people are like, why do you even have this? Yeah. Um, but I think the only thing that comes to mind is the the record that I own that I like. I actually have framed was um, one time I went to go see Charles Bradley uh, before he passed away. This is a long time ago. But he did his first American tour and he played at the Casbah in San Diego. And he was still like barely about to put out the album. He put out the album, but he's still coming up. And I went to go see him and it was probably like one of the greatest shows I've seen live. I mean, it was like one of the most heartfelt show performances I've ever seen. And after the show, he came out and talked and thanked everybody. You know, this, this venue holds, this bar holds maybe... 200 if that probably even less and uh he signed the record and he gave me a hug and thanked me and like it was very emotional um and so i have that record like i said he passed away unfortunately um but i have that record it's framed that's something that i'll probably never sell you know it's i'll pass it on to whoever whoever's gonna appreciate it nice 
if uh, obviously we were talking about records and so forth, and you mentioned concerts, like is is um, are you guys still doing concerts or like are you guys still go out and do concerts or is it more still kind of like just listening to stuff on on? Oh uh, no, yeah, yeah, sure. I still I still go to shows, you know, as often. No, sorry, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, uh, my bad. I was just pointing, pointing at the mic. <laughs> <laughs> this is the good stuff about being live on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can ask that guy too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I still go to shows. Uh, as often as you know, as time allows, there's uh, sometimes now once in a while, if my wife can't go, I, I'll just go to shows by myself <laughs> or buy two tickets and find someone to go with. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but like uh, again with shows and records, like back in the days, there used to be they would sell a, a records direct from the band you could get, which I mean, you know, those are probably way more valuable because they would only be there, so those are probably way more valuable than your average store-bought record. Yeah. And two, and sometimes those were the only ways you could get a record from a band yeah, yeah. Is, is you had to see them wow. before yeah. the internet and all that stuff. I mean, to, to Brian's point exactly, I, I think, you know, because Brian and I are close to the same age and we, we love the same kind of music, is when I started getting into records, the only reason I really started getting into buying records was I was going to punk rock shows and going to shows, little backyard parties, and, and uh, all you had was a 7-inch you know, the band would sell the seven inch for like five bucks. Yeah. Make, they would make the shoot t-shirts in front of you for like five, ten bucks. You'd pay five bucks to just get in. So you had a great night of music and taking something home with you for like less than 20 bucks, nice. which is impossible now. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where I, I kind of got addicted to buying 45s from the band. And you're like, well, I only have 10. Now I need to have more. And you start buying and buying and buying. And I think that's a lot. When you, that's, I think, when you realize that you have a problem. I mean, it's a good problem, <laughs> but, you know, you look at your little collection, and you're content for a moment. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is perfect. I have exactly 85 records, but then you're like... And then a new record comes yeah. out. Yeah, and, and then, like, you, or you put it in... I think usually what happens is you put it, like, in a like in a storage bin or a cabinet, and you're like, oh, there's a lot more space. I got to fill it out. Yeah. So then you have to buy more, and you're like, oh, well, I need more space now. And you just, you just, it just compounds into... Now, you mentioned 45. Is, there, is that the size of it? So we- Yeah, 45s, that's the speed. Uh, 45, 7 inches, that's, it's, the same, it's the same thing. The 7-inch refers to the size. Got it. Um, as in the 45 is the speed. The same way, you know, we'll say 33s will be the same as LPs. Um, yeah, or four Because some of them are, what, 12 inches, 14 inches? Yeah, so the 12-inch, uh, so when you hear like 7-inch and a 12-inch, that refers to the size of the whole record. Um, and then when you hear things like 33, 45, 78, that refers to the speed that the, you have to actually Got play it. it at to be able to get the sound. Got it. Mm. And, and what's a, a standard record player at? Like, is it, can you change it? Like, like this one, for example, that's behind us. Can you change the speed if you buy different records? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. the standard, uh, the standard now is forty-five and seven. Uh, sorry, forty-five and thirty-threes. Um, every record player will ch- will play those speeds um, because, you know, like you said earlier, there's twelve inches. The twelve inches a lot of times will play forty-five speed, and they do that like a lot of twelve-inch singles. A lot of like club DJ mixes would have them pressed on forty-five speed. Just because you have a bigger circumference, you have a bigger mm-hmm. radius, mm-hmm. Um, so you want to speed that up. Again, you get all nerdy into this kind of stuff. People that know way more than I do. Um, but yeah, all the record players you buy will play that speed. Some of them will even say, "Oh, they play 78s," um, but I wouldn't recommend playing anything at 78 because the needles are not great. So you might actually mess them up. But yeah, you just have to worry about two speeds. If somebody's looking to sell their collection or, or, or get rid of some of the stuff, like uh, how does that work? Is it a uh they bring in their stuff. Yeah, so that's the most common thing we, we have here. Um, and usually it happens either two ways. 
they'll call and they'll say, hey, I have a bunch of records. Uh, how much will you give me for them? And of course, you know, it's, it's become so common that each of us have this script that we've just memorized from just saying it over again. You know, you have to start asking questions like, well, what kind of music do you have? What kind of genres do you have? How many do you have? So you have to start breaking it down. Pretty much like anything that you'd buy and sell. A little bit of homework, a little bit of research goes a long way. You know, I, I when people come in and sell records, you know, I, I don't want people to get this illusion that, oh, there's like a secret record that's worth $1,000 and I'm not going to tell you. You know, that's just bad business. You know, if a record that we see is like, oh, this is a $100 record, I mean, I'll tell you like, hey, I'm going to sell this for 100 bucks, so I'm going to give you this much money. You know, there's no like secret agenda trying to find records, but it really comes down to the condition, um, the genre. Like we were talking about earlier, Brian and I, about, you know, boomer music or music from the 50s. That stuff is not as hot as it used to be. Yeah. So people that are expecting like, oh, my grandfather or I listen to all these Beatles records, you know. Yeah, but they've made like a gajillion Beatles records. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to tell someone that yesterday, you know. You, you just have to keep in mind the most popular artists of all time. Have, have a lot of records. sold a gajillion <laughs> yeah. records. You know they're they're popular. You know yeah. so there's no shortage of their records. Like Beatles are always going to be popular. So a tribe called Quest would sell for more than one of the uh, Beatles typically. Well, I mean now I mean since uh, the whole '90s thing is bad. Yeah. I mean the whole '90s hip hop yeah. thing is like, it's like huge right now. Yeah. You know people are are really rediscovering it. Or like that's basically tribe called Quest. Yeah. And you know '90s band like Pavement and Nirvana. That's the new classic rock. That's the new dad rock. You yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, when I was in high school, you know, the Doors. You know, you see everyone walking around with Door shirts. The yeah. Rebels with like Smith shirts and stuff. So now, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Tribe Called Quest. That's the new that. You know, wow. that, that's the new thing. Or at least that's how I see it. You know. Yeah, yeah. So everything just just comes back around. But yeah, and, you know, you'll see. I'll, I'll see a kid with his parent who's probably roughly my age. I'm 43. You know. He's buying a Tribe Called Quest CD, and the kid is like, "Oh, I wanted that," you know. And it's or, or Nirvana or, or yeah, Pearl Jam, yeah. you know. Which is what's happening at our age, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're you're with dad, and you're listening to those old kind of classic rock music and oh, so yeah, forth. For which, sure. You know, you kind of blend in. Um, what, like, aside from obviously the stuff you just talked about, what else do people come in looking for here? Like, is there anything that like like uh, you hear more often of that, like, hey, I'm looking for, you know. Uh, well, like right now, you know, Olivia, I think this past couple days, everyone was calling for Olivia Rodrigo, you know. It just, honestly, whatever is hot at the moment is yeah. huge, you know. Like, I think I got that. Mac Harry Mac Styles, Mac, Mac Miller. Miller yeah, Mac Miller. I mean, you know, crazy people are buying it like crazy. And the, the lines are so blurred. The same people that are buying Mac Miller now are probably buying, like, whatever, weird psych rock you know compilations you, you know, know yeah. you know we've we've talked about this before uh the stuff that people buy it's kind of still surprising um not because it's bad music or they're bad choices yeah. but like you would think we sell a, a ton of beatles and which we do but i think the the band that we sell the most of that's a classic rock would probably be the doors right really the doors see that's that's what's surprising like we we like literally every week we're always selling a few Doors albums. Yeah. Um, Black Sabbath. And Black yeah, Sabbath, which yeah. is obviously fantastic. But, you know, it's a little surprising that that's going to outwin most other big-name classic rock bands. Yeah, yeah. Is there something you guys carry that, like, that, it, that people won't realize you carry? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, we recently, well, not recently, but uh, we started carrying or started getting in a lot more, like, electronic music now. Mm. We have uh, an employee... Uh, who that's his kind of forte and so he's 
he's opened up a little electronic section. So now we're starting to get a lot of underground electronic. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of that because I'm really terrible at that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really well though. I yeah, mean, people are buying it. And asking for it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I thought it was just Emiliano that knew what that was. <laughs> so as things continue to sell out or, or sell, how do you guys replenish? Like, do you, would you is it people bringing in and it's almost like you resign that? Or are you guys actively buying, like, the new hottest thing so you could sell it in the well, store? Well, for the used stuff, it's a matter of people coming in. Um, you know, it's sometimes we'll go out and we'll search and, you know, make phone calls and we'll try to find people that are selling used collections. But when it comes to new stuff in stock, uh, we have to go through our distributors or one stops, um, you know. So it's it's a good amount of researching to try to find if companies have it, you know. Because as we talked about earlier, this stuff is in such hot demand that we can't just say, "Oh, give me ten of these." Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, it's a, it's kind of upsetting, but you know, customers will come in and like an album just got released, and we'll be like, "Yeah, we're gonna order." We order like twenty or thirty of them, and we'll maybe get two. You know, and it's not we're not not carrying it because we don't like them or we or we don't want to carry it. It's literally because we can't get anymore. Yeah, I, I feel like they think we chose to buy two of something <laughs> that it's like no. I mean, we tried, we tried to get a bunch, but we're I think we're pretty low on the totem pole as far as mom and pop record shops go. You know, I mean, there's like Amoeba and Fingerprints, yeah. and then places in like in other locations like in LA. You know, their their clientele has way deeper pockets. You know. So I'm sure they have deeper pockets, so they could, you know, do do fancier orders, I guess, you know, or or bigger orders. orders, Yeah, Yeah, but but uh, ultimately, too, the the bread and butter is not not new inventory. You know, I mean, uh, you know, we're very open about the cost and prices. Like I said, people come in and sell stuff. We're both very honest about how much things are worth. You know, we'll tell you how much we're going to put it out for. Um, but the same thing applies to new records. You know, you look at these sicker prices and you're like, oh, my God. You know, you buy two records, you're going to spend a hundred bucks, yeah. which is insane. I mean, even to me, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and off that hundred, we're we're probably making like thirty dollars or something, yeah. if that, on new records. So like, we mar- don't really make money off new those records. Those margins are so small. You know, I'm, you know, it's it's kind of laughable. So that's why a lot of our income has to come from used. You know, which is why we, we're not in. We can't buy things for. We can't buy used stuff for retail prices. For retail prices, you know, like. Like you said, when we someone says, "Oh, I have this used record I saw on Discogs or eBay. I saw someone selling this Elvis Presley record for a hundred bucks." I'm like, "Oh well, good. Well, first of all, good <laughs> luck. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, first off, that's someone. not true. For, first of all, yeah, that's that's completely inaccurate. Um, you're not going to get a hundred bucks for this. But secondly, I can't pay you what I'm going to sell it for. You know what I'm saying? But again, I'm not going to give you like five dollars for a hundred dollar record. Yeah. You know, that's when you talk about negotiate the pricing. But yeah, if you think about starting up a record shop, know that your overhead is going to be extremely high. Yeah. Kind of like a restaurant, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. They have similar crazy overhead prices. Yeah. And you guys talked about, so uh, you talked about uh, used records and new records. So th- when you say new, they're like still brand new, never played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the factory and everything. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. And and so that still exists, right? I mean, that you're oh, still yeah, able yeah. to get. That's like, I mean, our section of new records is huge now. I think it was even, I don't know, when was it when it was just right there? It was like, yeah, I mean, maybe wait. even 10 years ago. All our new records were in like maybe six of those red bins. There was a ta- uh, elevated table right there, mm-hmm. and we had maybe eight spots, premier spots to showcase, you know, the new releases. Wow! And there was a table with like six bins. There was one like maybe two crates of rock, one of indie punk, 
one of uh, hip hop and then another one for for something else. I mean, yeah. I don't even know, but it was it's way more than quadrupled as far as new vinyl. Well, it's insane. Do you guys have like a an expensive case where you put the good stuff in? Uh, no, there's expensive? like that wall for used records. That's kind oh. of the collectible wall. Anything that we're gonna price like hello. Anything that we're gonna price over like twenty dollars, let's say, usually goes there for for a used record. But like new stuff, this is the the premier wall. This is like the new releases, the latest releases, which every Friday stuff comes out, and you know that's where it goes. And, and these are ones that you guys are actively like shopping for, or, or uh, how, how does how do they make it on that? The, the new well, these the, are just the latest. New like yeah, these okay. came out. These are the most recent releases, so uh, that's how they make it to the wall. But but, but are you guys buying these, or yeah, so, the, the, the so, distributor yeah, sending no, them? So you? when it comes to the, the your stock and your inventory, uh-huh. um, I like to look at it like. You know, if you've gone to other record shops or anybody that goes to other record shops, every owner is going to sort of cater to a specific type of genre. You know, that's never changed. I mean, when Brian and I used to go to, when there was a lot of record shops back in the day, a lot of mom pops, um, the owner would be like, hey, I'm going to be a rock shop or I'm going to specialize in, you know, hip hop. So what we have to do is basically curate for the city. You know, there's a lot of stuff that Brian and I would love to carry, but we know it's not going to sell. We're going to be realistic here. Um, you know, sometimes we'll sprinkle it in, but every single thing you see in the store in terms of new inventory is stuff that we've picked or we just know like, oh, we can get that. I'm going to order it. I'm going to order five of these. I'm going to order one. Um, you know, and we just have to do our diligence to basically keeping up with what people are going to maybe listen to in the future. That's kind of the the hardest and the and the most exciting part is you got to yeah. find all these new bands and new artists that you never heard of, but you have to listen to them and do your research and say, okay. I could hear that this is going to be popular in six months or a year. Have you guys ever had any air balls where you said, oh, this is the one? And then- oh, all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, they just find their way to the, uh, you know, the uh, the markdown section or to, to, to our house. <laughs> so, who, who has more air balls between you two as you guys order? Uh, okay, you got yeah. Um As far as, oh, geez. You guys I, keep track of that? Or? We don't keep track. It's probably very embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, also the thing is, Brian and I are... We listen to everything. So, you know, we don't want people to feel like this is embarrassing. Because it still happens. People come up with records and be like, oh, this is for my sister. Or is this is for my mom or whatever. I'm like, I don't care. That yeah, Britney, sure Spears, it is. That, that Britney <laughs> Spears album is fantastic. Or that Lady Gajab is, is, is amazing. But um, we do buy a lot of stuff that we think is going to be a hit. And, you know, if it, if it doesn't sell, we just, like Brian said, we're going to budget it. And someone will eventually buy it. Um, or we'll use it for target practice or something. Um, but yeah, everything's curated. You know what's interesting is again we're we're recording here in the store, and you guys are obviously open for business, and we've seen a good crowd of yeah. uh, come in and out, and uh, you would think that they would all be like certain age, right? Mm-hmm. And it'd be probably at least for mine, I I, I would say male dominated. Oh sure, of course. Um, but I mean, you see different ages from yeah. little to big. To male to female, I mean, it's and a this good is a range. Thursday. This is not a Saturday. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's not even because the holidays. Like it's always it's pretty, pretty consistent. You know, people are constantly coming and going. As you said, there's it's we get all walks of life um, because again, it's retail. So I mean, some of the stories we could tell you is pretty amazing, but uh, we get everybody coming in. Um, but also to your point too, there's there's a there's a big influx of, of of young females coming in and buying records, and I get excited for that because. You know, when I was buying records, going to dirty, crusty homes in East L.A. and going through, <laughs> going in backyard sales, you know, you would see a bunch of old, cantankerous men just like 
looking through records and trying to find stuff, and yeah. they'd hover over you. But now we're getting a lot of a lot of young young people. You know, like I said, mainly women, young ladies coming in and buying stuff, and they have the best taste out of everybody. Because yeah. you know, you still get those older gentlemen who just want to buy Credence records and you know very obscure records. But you know, um, that younger female customer is buying all the cool stuff. Yeah. You know, they really have their finger on the pulse. Nice. And, and obviously, we talked about the records, uh, um, and but you guys also have uh, DVDs, right? Oh, yeah. or, or Blu-rays. Blu-rays, uh, DVDs, even used cassettes. Uh, we do sell a lot of used DVDs. Um, but, all, you know, a reason why we sell a lot of used DVDs and Blu-rays is because they're so cheap. Um, they may not be cheap at Target. At Target, they're still like 25 30 bucks. Yeah. But, you know, we're selling most of our DVDs are like a dollar, two dollars. Um, even the Blu-rays now are getting to a point where they're like, Two, three, three bucks. Yeah. Um, so we sell a lot of that, just because. Sure, you can buy a lot of stuff. You can see a lot of stuff on on Amazon or Netflix, but there's still a good amount of content that you just can't yeah. you can't buy or stream, I guess. Yeah. And there's something to be said about going in and knowing when oh, it's going to start, and you know that that's kind of <laughs> really cool. The the obviously uh, the DVDs and Blu-rays it, it was same kind of deal with the records. Somebody could come in and sell their their uh, collection. Yeah, yeah. Any we we're always buying CDs. Uh, the only thing we don't buy are like eight track. We don't buy eight tracks. Um, I don't know anybody who does. Remo has a big collection. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Right, all the in best. My car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we buy cassettes, CDs. Uh, we don't buy. Yeah, sorry. We don't buy VHS. That's the only kind of medium. VHS, laser discs, and um, eight track. But we buy DVDs, CDs, Blu-rays. Just come in with that stuff up front. Honestly, like I just said, we we sell them for a buck, two bucks, yeah. three bucks. You're not going to get, you get the same price. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to be realistic. There's a reason why you're selling them. You know, you're not like I have all. I have a a thousand blu-rays you know i want to you know five thousand dollars well good luck you know yeah. remo has a big collection of uh barney and uh what else uh, do you have uh i mean everything for for our daughters on youtube so. <laughs> <laughs> and it could lose i'm talking about your your collection oh, my, your no. pers- when you were growing up melon yeah, yeah, yeah. coco melon <laughs> that's, that's do you have any coco melon DVDs? <laughs> <laughs> those things will sell hot yeah of oh, course yeah that's awesome. Uh, before we get into our Witter questions, uh, what are you guys listening to right now? Like, what's your guys's? Uh, um, uh, what are what's on your uh, record playing at home? Uh, a lot of Christmas music right now. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, what if I this? I like this guy. I just started listening to him. Uh, uh, Andy Shelf. I like this. I so I, I ordered it for the store, which is cool. And this, some girl bought one the other day. Which I actually thought was mine. <laughs> what, what, that what you took of, it? Uh, no, I, oh. I was like, oh, cool, it came in. And then I saw a special order for it. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> Again, to give it yeah. back. girls have way better taste than boys. Yeah. So. What are you listening to? Uh, the album that I listened to, I get, well, it's perfect timing. It's the end of the year. So the two albums I've been listening to constantly for that just came out this year would probably be uh, Dry Cleaning, a phenomenal band oh, yeah. from the UK. Um, very post-punky. Uh, I saw them live actually recently. My wife and I went to go see them for our birthday in November. Nice. Um, and phenomenal band, phenomenal record. It's amazing. And then also the new Snail Mail album. Uh, Lindsay Jordan, I think is her name. But uh, mm-hmm. Snail Mail, if you haven't listened to it, she's a wonderfully talented, you know, 21, 22 year old. And she writes the most honest, heartfelt lyrics and plays amazing guitar and just a f- phenomenal record. Flawless. Nice. What are you listening to, Remo? 
Do you have anything I mean, on the on the radio? Or no, I'm, I'm always specific? on the phones. <laughs> oh man, nice. you're a lot of waiting to, music. Yeah, you're listening I, to I, other no, people. Actually, I listen to a lot of reggae. So okay, uh, Kali Buds uh, and then sure. the Marlin, the Marlin. Marley family. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. We carry a lot of reggae here, too. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's a lot of background music where you're not really... Oh, totally. You know, just kind of in the background to kill the, the, the silence sometimes. Yeah. Nice. How about you? Right now, I'm listening to Vicente Fernandez because, uh, obviously, he was a big icon. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, dudes spanned so many lifetimes uh, or generations. Yeah, for sure. And uh, with his recent passing, I mean, I, I have that on my Spotify right now. And uh, have you get, have you guys had any people walk in recently and say, "Hey, do you guys have any of these albums from from this artist?" Or yeah, um, actually, they the, earlier this year they repressed a bunch of new Vicente Fernandez LPs. No way, really? Um, yeah, but uh, again, speaking of uh, supply and demand, that stuff is hard to get. Um, always, whenever somebody passes, an artist passes, there's this big influx of people wanting their music, you know. Um, but with with with. Uh, Vicente, uh, we've had a, quite a few people come in and ask for it. I said, just ask, just ask your your Theo or somebody probably yeah. has a bunch yeah. of them <laughs> back, you know. Nice, nice. Um, and if that's the Theo, bring them on in, yeah, and you exactly. you guys will buy them. We'll from buy them from there, of course. <laughs> yeah. What's uh What's your uh? Do you have an album that you kind of hold on to and you say, uh, this is I I can listen to this over and over and over, Ooh. or like a song that you can listen over and over to. Man. Um, that's a good one. Uh, I'm sure there's a, there's countless albums and songs. Uh, that's a great question. I'm sure I've thought about this many times. Is there a song, Brian, that you that you could continuously loop forever? Like a song or an album that you can say? Oh, I could, like a song or an album that you could like just listen uh, to over and over. I like the the a band of bees. Sunshine hit me. Probably oh, yeah. I, I've I've listened to that a gajillion times. I could probably like you know. Get lost or like put on repeat and go to sleep. That album be repressed. Yeah, yeah, they should, oh. but but then it'll it'll devalue ours. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's probably might be you know back to the uh, the gem in my collection is a yeah. band to be sunshine. I looked for it for so long, I didn't even know it existed. Then years ago, I found it on eBay they made it in Japan. You know, wow. and it, it's something back back in the old Penny Lane days, old record store down the street. I discovered that there, and it's one of those things. Every time I'd play it in the store, someone would buy it. You know, one of those things that just. So that's probably the like maybe the shining gem in my collection. Yeah, the last track, "Sky Holds the Sun." Yeah, "Sky Holds the Sun." That's probably for sure. that yeah. song for sure. I can listen yeah. to until I just die. It's probably one of the most beautiful songs yeah. ever written. Remo, do you have an album or a song that you could listen to over and over? Like, um, I would say anything Michael Jackson. I'm a big Michael Jackson. Oh, of course, I see him laying there on the. We sell we sell a ton of Michael Jackson. Of yeah. course, yeah. I would say Michael Jackson because all there's all his songs are are, are good. So yeah. there's not. There's very few Michael Jackson songs that I skip. You know? yeah. So I would say something Michael Jackson or Bob Marley. Yeah. Those two. The two big albums that I could hit repeat on is uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one I could just you know mm-hmm. listen to it uh, over and over. But also the uh, Smiths, the uh, Louder Than Bombs. Oh, the, sure. That album. Yeah. And it's, uh, again, it's, it, and it just takes me back to my kind of growing up. Uh, I don't say childhood, but just, you know, the, the, the time uh, growing up. Um, which it's funny because now you hear people like at least younger than me, and kind of like what you're saying earlier. It's like uh, they listen to the same music, which for me at that time it was it was stuff that my parents were listening to. Yeah. You know, that's uh, a good thing about Spotify. I mean, you know, yeah. you could the, the walls are down. You could, you know you can listen yeah. to to everything. You don't have to be you know. I used to have to learn. 
you know, I, in high school I was primarily like a hip hop guy, but I listened to everything because you know my punk rock friends would were, were listening to this, my skater friends were listening to this, my goth friends were listening to this, my you know my theater my my theater class friends were listening to show tunes, yeah. you know. So I mean, I would just would soak it all up. But now, you know, everyone is into everything, which is a, yeah. which is a good thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. What, what what is one song or one album that like if they're to look at your Spotify list you'd be like embarrassed to kind of uh, let people know? Uh, I mean nothing. You can't be embarrassed. You, <laughs> yeah. you just got to own it. I mean you know, everything. As long as you dig it, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I mean we have. They might think it's whack, but I mean you know, they're <laughs> whack for thinking that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just don't know. They're 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 the losers. Remo. That Coco Melon. Embarrassed? <laughs> Not embarrassed, but you're like, oh man, it just. You got to put it on. Uh, make sure you're on by yourself on the in the car and uh, yeah, I and just start know. singing me, out loud. Let me. Uh, I don't know. Or you sing at the shower? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I'll let you answer first. Let me, I, let I, I I can't. Same thing. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. Like yeah, you, you got to so own much it. Stuff I mean, that, know. like, uh, and, and again, not everybody's gonna enjoy it, but it's. Uh, um, I don't know. if There's anything. I, yeah, I like all the music I listen to. Like, I'm not embarrassed. I mean. I, maybe some Britney Spears, like he mentioned yeah. earlier. But even then, some Britney yeah, Spears. Yeah, if you good. like it, you yeah. know, yeah, you shouldn't be embarrassed about it. Yeah, I mean, here I, I, I'm not going to be singing Britney Spears with all my my cousins and my buddies, you know, <laughs> yeah. while we're drinking, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a time and place for everything. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, in terms of the uh, the events you guys got going on every year, um, what is it that you guys put together every year? Uh, record store day is like the only extracurricular thing that we do for sure and there's one on black friday one in april and then now they're starting to do one in the summer so like in august but yeah that's just where we get special uh you know uh products that are, are are just meant for stores like us mom and pop record shops and there's always a line outside but that's the only thing we never do like in stores or anything like that it kind of disrupts you know Disrupts business, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And, and people, it never really. We, uh, I, I'm speaking because I used to work at Penny Lane down the street, which we always had in stores. And people just basically leave a mess and <laughs> never buy anything. You know, yeah. it, it's cool you get to see a show, but mm-hmm. there's always a lot of cleanup and you know people stealing stuff. You know, it's a bummer. Yeah. But yeah, that so record store days are our only extracurricular activity. And obviously, you guys announce uh, on your social media when it's happening. Yes, yeah. And when it does happen. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Now people know though. I mean it, it's a total thing now. People start calling, you know, are we going to have the, are you going to have this? Are you going to have that, you know? <laughs> and it, it's not up to us. We do the order while uh, uh, Ruben does the order and we put it in and it's just kind of up to them what they send us, you yeah. know, what, what whatever scraps we can get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, did you guys grow up? I don't know, we'll ask uh, uh, Ruben when gets here, but uh, did you grow up here in Whittier? Did you? Uh, uh, no, I grew up in East LA in Pico. Okay. You know, I went to school at El Rancho. Oh, nice. Yeah, but it was always like around here, friends in Whittier and stuff like that. This is a hangout spot? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You? Yeah, yeah. Rocky Colas, you know, after football games, Rocky Colas and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. What's uh, what's one thing, and we'll get into the Whittier questions, and yeah. meanwhile, uh, Ruben gets back. Let me just make one comment. Yeah. As being in the physical store, one of the, the the comments he made was, "There's more women, obviously, starting to listen to. There's actually more women in this store right now than there is men. Yeah, which, which is, <laughs> I would have never thought that in a record shop. It's you know, yeah, ninety percent men, I would say. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, and it was usually you know like surly men that look like me that you don't want to <laughs> hang out with, you know. Yeah. Like, like talking about music all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, that, it's a nice change of pace. It probably smells better in here yeah. than it did like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. 
And then actually, uh, Vinny in the retro, he worked here for the longest. He doesn't work here anymore. It's funny, he walked in. If you want, want to ask him, uh, talk to ask him a question. Yeah, no, definitely. If he, if he, he worked here back with Ruben. Like, was he here before you or, or after you? Oh, no, Vince was, Vince was after me, but Vince got fired because he's just a really bad worker. Yeah, he's a <laughs> hor- horrible employee. <laughs> How's it going? Hey. I'm, I'm actually Ruben's best friend. I've yeah. since high school. Best enemy. Best enemy, but yeah. best of friends, yeah. yeah. So introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Vincent Garcia. I worked here from 2002 to 2014. I only had to leave because I had a baby. So I was like, I need to make real money now. Yeah. So I left. <laughs> but I, I loved working here. This is easy, easily one of my favorite jobs ever. And are you a filler right now? Did you just come no, to I help? D- or? I just, you know, I really have an affinity for this place. I, uh-huh. I met my wife here. Uh, I made a lot of friends here. Okay. Um, it's easily my favorite record store. I've been to a lot of record stores. And uh, I still really like this one in particular. Not because I worked here, but just because yeah. of the collection and, like, uh, you know, the people that are still here and, and Tom and, and Ruben, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. You say you met your wife. You're like, how does that conversation happen? Because it's, I mean, it's... Uh... Uh, she walked through the door one day and instantly, you know, fell in love with me. You know, we got married <laughs> the next day. Well, I think she saw me first, though. <laughs> she did, but, you know... She's he, like, oh, this guy's taking... He was leaving, <laughs> and I was, you know, I was there. So, you know, uh, it was availability, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were the only guy in here. I was the only person here. <laughs> yeah. you know? She only had eyes for me. You locked the I door, was, and it got yes, me. <laughs> I was the only person here. At first, I thought it was a joke, because I'm like, how is this beautiful woman going to be into this guy? It, I mean, no, she still hasn't figured the joke out no, yet, so, yeah. you know... See, yeah, I thought you were going to say it was your record collection, but... uh Oh, I have a vast record collection. Not as big as these two gentlemen, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have a pretty good one. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty impressive, I would yeah. say. What, what's one record or album that you're holding on to uh, that you say this is my most valuable uh, record? Uh, um, you know, that's that's a harder question. I've thought about that a lot. I, I, I feel like people who collect a lot of records, like it, it's hard to say that there's just one. Mm-hmm. It's really like the whole collection, you know? Like yeah. You don't think of them as individuals. It's like all however many you have are really one record wow, together. Real I like that. That's you a know? good answer. That's real deep. It's, it's the so same as children, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you have a favorite, but you'll never tell the others. <laughs> you know. so, so if you're listening to, uh, if, if you really look at your Spotify list right now, what what is what are you playing right now constantly? Well, I don't have a Spotify. Or what are you... I, I, I have yeah, a couple. Don't oh. offend me, Dan. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> uh, I have a couple records that I really like too. There's a couple that these guys mentioned. I, I like the Andy Shelf record. I like the uh, Snail Mail record this year. I like it more yeah. than her last one. Um, but I'm listening to uh, this uh, British band called Salt right now. They're kind of like a, a funk band. Mm. Um, I like that album a lot. It's called Nine. Uh, it's really good. Um, there was a couple others. It's hard to think of just because I get so many, and there's so many that I really enjoy that like. Unless I'm playing it over and over and over again, it's hard to remember every record I get through the year. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of hip-hop records. Uh, this year, uh, a number of like artists from when I was younger came out with records that I really like, like uh, the new Aesop Rock album. Uh, he does it with uh, Blockhead, which he, he hadn't produced with for a while. Uh, it's called Garbology that I really like a lot. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff out right now that I think is really good. You were, you were also a hip-hop guy. I was the hip-hop he guy. He was the hip-hop guy. I was. I was thinking about it right now. If, because I mean, you supply all of our hip hop, and if you were still working here, how do you think you would fare with the current state of hip hop? Uh, you know, would you be like like a, like an old man like yelling out of, yelling at the clouds? Like, what is this? I don't think so. I think as I've gotten older, I've I used to be very like uh, I only listened to independent artists when I was in high school. 
which I think is a narrow mind when you're young. You, you really only focus on one kind of music that you want to listen to. And then anything that isn't in that wavelength, you don't want to listen to, right? But as I've gotten older, I've, I've gone back. You know, I hated Nelly. Now, now I, I wish I had Nellyville on record, our country grammar <laughs> on record, you know? Um, but then I hated it. So I, I like to think that now. Talk about that, right? How we, we both used to hate Nelly when you first came out, you know? Yeah. And now I hear, like, you know, Roger Miller. Oh, this oh man, I want that so <laughs> bad. I, I must have just been, been being a, you know, a dick at the time. Yeah. I don't know, this is the underground hip-hop. Yeah. yeah. I was probably just being that guy, you yeah. know? But yeah, I hear it now, and it's like, oh, that's the jam. Is, yeah. Does that record sell a lot? Uh, no. It's not no, available. Make it. I I have, have, I oh, you have the, the black yeah. press? It's yeah. for sale if you want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked. Uh, but I think I would have adapted, you know, as you get older. It's you, funny you, you say that, be, that you guys are having that conversation, because uh, it's the same thing I tell my kids. My kids are under 10, and uh, they're listening, you know, to obviously to what's on the radio in terms of, like, hip-hop or, or, or rap or anything like that. You know, when I'm listening, I'm like, man, that's garbage. You know, it's like you gotta listen to Tupac and yeah, Biggie, yeah. and they're like, what? What, the, what are you talking about? It's like, but again, it, it goes back to what you grew up with and yeah. what you understood. And uh, at that time, I still agree that the music back then is better than now. But mm-hmm. which is probably what my parents used to say, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, what are you listening to? <laughs> you know, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get out of your bubble yeah. and really, you know, yeah. uh, try to listen to. At least for me personally, I try to listen to all music and listen with ears with somebody who really loves it yeah. and try to find that, you know, yeah. find what, what it is that so-and-so really loves about it and yeah. kind of connect with that. Nice. And, and when you do that, you could you could kind of expand your, your horizons even more so, you know. Yeah. There's stuff that I didn't listen to, especially this guy's music, you know, back in the day. I didn't really want to listen to any of it. Yeah, it's and, then, and then the more and more I listened to it, I was like, it's pretty good. Now I understand why Ruben likes it so much, yeah. you know. Do you guys know what Tom listens to? Oh God! Like, does he, he have any like special collection he, or? Yeah. Well, what we do is we have this tradition. We don't do it as much anymore, but it used to be when you work with somebody, you would take turns playing a record. Mm-hmm. Now Brian and I just sort of take over everything. Um, but when Tom w- was working, when we used to work with Tom, Tom would uh, play, you know, like your your BGs, and he played all that kind of stuff. A lot of stuff from. Um, like uh, Fairport Fairport Convention Pentagram Pen- yeah yeah he used to listen to a lot of like John island Stewart. stuff mm-hmm. John Stewart yeah. um, but he's kind of been in this kick of listening to a lot of like soundtracks and like scores like a lot of Tangerine Dream mm-hmm. um, which drives me insane um, <laughs> because you know you, you know when you come to a record store you want it to either be like a chill environment where it's like cool yeah. um, or you want it to be like up tempo but he plays the most down boring <laughs> stuff depressing music yeah like, it doesn't make me want to buy anything it's you yeah. want to leave Tom yeah. is very old school he didn't really like it when I played music especially yeah. when I first started he was very anti-hip hop yeah. until it started selling then he was yeah. like alright you know I'll give it a chance a yeah. little bit uh-huh. uh, but yeah in the beginning he was uh, uh, he was very against it, but you know, even everybody expands, and he he kind of grew to like some of it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah but he he definitely played your Dylan and your Beatles. And there, your, there's certain artists, like stuff. newer artists, that will play once in a great while. That he'd be like, oh, what is this? And then like he'll get a record, and he'll probably never listen to it, but like he he actually notices it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but again, you have to catch him on a good day. Yeah, yeah. There's not too many of those left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now, one of the the customers that I just saw buy something was a very classic record, which is Chronic 2000. Oh yeah. Now, oh, is is there a record that in your time that you said, hey, this from all the records I sold, this is the one that sells the most in the store? I mean, I feel like that could go from anywhere from like any Led Zeppelin album to Beatles album. 
It's hard to say one specifically. I mean, you're still here. Yeah. You see it more than I do. Yeah. I'd imagine it'd be like Stairway to Heaven or we, some Beatles record. We still sell a lot of like 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 your favorite album, like The Wall. We still sell stuff like that. Um, talking about The Doors earlier. You know, Beatles. You still sell all those all those big name bands, but I don't think that'll ever go away because I think that's sort of your your starting point when you get into any kind of music, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you listen to you know Beatles and CCR, and and that's like your gateway to rock in general. Mm-hmm. Um, although now I think since that music is getting a little even older, it's getting more detached. A lot of young people are starting off with like mm-hmm. I don't know who, what did, what would young you people know, start off with? Uh, you know, uh, with, like, doggy with... style or like you <laughs> <Yeah>. know Nirvana. <laughs> You know, they're buying oh, yeah. Nirvana records. Nirvana is like the new, would be like the equivalent of like buying a Doors record yeah. or a Stones yeah. record now. Yeah. You yeah. know, Pearl Jam, all that stuff. Because yeah. all those kids think the 90s was... A long right? time ago. Yeah. But wait, if, if you break it down, when we were teenagers, the 60s is as far as... As far as yeah. we are to them. To them, yeah. yeah. So. I know. Which is why Remo, Doggy Style was yours, right? The The... Yeah, the Snoop Dogg I, I bought that album or cassette or it's whatever. One of the greatest it was cassette, yeah. man. Yeah. Cassette, but the Chronic 2000 is the one that Dude, I yeah, cassettes are back, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, unfortunately, we have to wrap this up. But uh, before we wrap it up, we'll get into the Whittier questions. Yeah. Now, if if you guys were going to grab a bite or maybe a, a drink or coffee or anything, what are your go-to spots here in, in Whittier? We'll start with Ruben, and then we'll work our way through. Uh, so. Out of all, I mean, there's so many great restaurants um, and little shops around here. Uh, I think Ramon from from well, honestly, we, we we eat we eat Nemo's like every day. A lot of it's convenience, but I think Ramon, Ramon had, in terms of a businessman, uh, a restaurant a restaurateur, he's puts out a phenomenal product every time. He's super economical. Yeah. It, it, there's a reason why I think Nemo's is like an institution. Yeah, I'll, you know him, Mike from the Forty. Um, and uh, modern shaman, but there's a new place that recently opened up called Up um, Uptown Provisions, mm-hmm. and that place it's on uh, Penn. Pen? Yeah. It's on Penn. Yeah. That place, honestly, my wife and I eat there. Unfortunately, we eat there like twice, three times a week for like <laughs> sandwiches. Yeah. Um, just because it is hands down probably the best sandwich, any other sandwich I've ever had in my life. Nice. And I'm wow. a big sandwich guy. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a small boy. So mm-hmm. it, it's that's the place you need to go. Everything they have is perfect, and it's hand curated. Everything they have in there, from chips to drinks, you're not going to get anywhere else. Like yeah. you can literally go ten miles out of the city, and you're not going to get just their assortment of kombuchas or their assortment of yeah. chips. Mm-hmm. Like it's super specific, and they, they've done probably they're probably the best thing that's happened, I think, to Whittier in a long time. What's your go-to at, at Mimos? Oh God, Mimos is. I mean, breakfast burritos. Yeah, yeah, breakfast burritos are legit. Um, I love their uh, chicken club. Chicken club is amazing. It's 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 a meal. Like I mean, you're not gonna leave hungry for Mimos, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, breakfast burritos, uh, chicken club. Um, oddly enough, I'm gonna say it's kind of weird. It's a hot take. They have really good spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, Did you know, I don't think I know. I've never yeah. had spaghetti either. Oh, yeah, the chile quilas are great. That's the thing. Is it's surprising they have yeah, everything. They have everything. It's a mix. Yeah. Yeah. I only well, ever got the grilled cheese. Oh yeah. Alright, so uh yeah, Mimos for sure. All, all the time I eat Mimos like ninety percent of the time while I'm up here because they deliver also. So that's and you'll get your key. food in like eleven minutes. Oh for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's like and boom. Coffee, I I live off Mimos coffee. Uptown provisions too, I one hundred percent agree with Ruben. They're like the coolest thing to come up here for sure. I, I love everything in that store. And they have Jenny's ice cream, which is really cool, really good ice cream. 
But I like the new pizza spot that's inside of Poet Gardens right now. They just started, I think, Friday. I've had it like twice already. It's really, really good. It's good pizza. Yeah, yeah wood-fired the pizza. Dough, I mean, so I'm going to be all about that for the next six months while they're here. <laughs> What's your go-to at the Uptown Provisions? Uh, I like... I don't know if it's the brisker, the tuna. I would I would say the tuna. I like the tuna oh, sandwich. That's, that's a lot. for sure. That's I yeah. I get that every time. That, like yeah. pickled peppers in it. I, I almost feel like it's kind of a little bit different every time I get it too, in a good way. There's yeah. something I didn't notice in it nice. the, every time I eat it. Vince, uh, you know I don't spend as much time in Uptown Whittier anymore. Oh, okay, sorry. Because uh, you know You're up in the hills. I'm up in the yeah. hills now, yeah. in the Granada <laughs> Heights, as we call it. Yeah. Uh, but I, there's a little place off of uh, Lambert and Painter that I really like called Solmaya that does like really good pupusas. Uh-huh. Oh man, they're so good. They're they're excellent. Um, they have really good food. But in Uptown Whittier, I was a Mr. Sandwich fan. Ooh, I went David. to Mr. Sandwich all the time. Well, just in Whittier general, like, yeah. you know, do you have a go-to? Not even Uptown. Probably, probably yeah. Solmaya. I mean, the, the pupusas are so good. And, you know, they have really great beans and rice. It's yeah. it's really good food. Um, I don't eat out too much, so, like, I don't I don't go often out as often. But I also still like toast, even though, is that technically yeah. La yeah. Yeah. Is it because you still have that private chef? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I still have my private chef and, and my <laughs> chef. Uh, in my kitchen, you know, but I really like toast and, and solmaya a lot. Nice. Um, Those other restaurants from toast are good too. I don't There's think the one, mimosas, mimosas. Yeah, it's really good. Me and Jessica have been there like six times. Yeah. Okay. Benediction is that there. another one? I, Benediction, Benediction yeah, on Hacienda. Yeah, very cool. Good stuff. Yeah. So if uh, if, if there's there, if there's one thing in Woodier that's missing that you would like to see in Woodier, what would that be? Maybe something you'd leave the city to drive for. Oh jeez, a uh, nice sneaker spot, a good sneaker spot, at least for me. You a know, shoe spot, sneakers okay. and uh, caps. <laughs> nice. Or or like throwback sports uh, gear type stuff. At least uh-huh. for me, that okay. that's not I would dig. Nice. Um, man, I mean Woodier has a lot of obviously Woodier has a lot of great spots in general. Um, I feel like. I mean, this is this, this is gonna be sounding like a dick, because uh, I'm being very honest. I wish there was a hole to swallow all the taco shops that come in. <laughs> um, look, I have nothing against having being a restaurant tour, but there's literally like ten taco shops, and there's more opening up. Love tacos, but I mean, it gets to a point where, I mean, come on, yeah. like I'm still gonna go down the street to a truck and get tacos. But um, what I think what your needs is, um, oh god, there's so many choices. I think like a really great uh, Jewish deli, Jewish deli, Jewish deli. Uh, you know, like a maybe even like um, like a what is it? Oh, Indian. I think Indian would be fantastic. I know they used to do like a pop up at the Poet Gardens for like a oh, minute. Yeah, there was like yeah a, I never tried it. Yeah, um, Indian. Again, anything not tacos, I think is gonna be perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> that would probably be my choice for Uptown Wood here. Nice. Charcuterie, maybe something like that. Yeah. Vince, yeah. do you have anything that's uh, you know, missing? I don't know if there's anything missing because I think Woodier's perfect. I've lived here for 30 years. I love Woodier. Uh, but I honestly miss stuffed pizza so Ooh, much. Yeah. And there's part of me that, you know, that really wishes that it wouldn't have closed. Have you had Pizza 21? I haven't had Pizza 21. Yeah, I love Pizza But, 20. you know, to, but, to but me you personally. Have to pick it up. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love stuffed pizza. Um, so something like that, like a family pizza joint. I, I guess Brickhouse kind of counts, but I feel like Brickhouse is more. Mar- Marco like, Polo is his family joint. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a sit-down restaurant type. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, something yeah. Something like that. I, I, pizza I really Mania. Like do you care for them? I do like Pizza Mania a lot, I, but there's something about stuffed pizza because it was in this vicinity, yeah. right yeah. around here. Um, I, I guess Brickhouse would kind of count, but I, I haven't. I guess I, I, I'm more attached to it because I went yeah. there as a as a kid a lot. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, there also used to be Barrows up the street. Oh yeah. You remember when Barrows was in Uptown Whittier? Downstairs in the arcade. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Or an arcade that would oh. be so much fun. So, yeah. uh, something you know, like an entertainment spot in Uptown Whittier where you could just kind of get away would be cool. Would, would you know, I, I was going to say, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought you were going to start mentioning the whole nickel nickel thing, but yeah, uh, nickel, I guess oh, nickel, 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 nickel. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to manage nickel nickel. Yeah. No manager. way, really. Really. Now the that was best value in ever. Yeah, something like that would be great. You know, that, yeah. I think that's one of the things that Uptown Whittier is missing, where you can just go in and throw your money away for some quick entertainment. Yeah. You know, there's I mean, too many places. Whittier like definitely has the the real estate. I mean, there's so many yeah. just empty buildings of you know. So yeah. you know, I just gotta find people that have money, I guess. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Jesse, do you want to break some news about Indian? Are you allowed to share? Well, no, but it's the same Indian place that uh, oh. Emily that you should have the, the. I mean, they're still doing the pop up. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, they are waiting for their place next door to be ready. Oh, that's which, great. Which uh, they're shooting for end of uh, January, February. To Can you kinda, say which building? Yeah, it's yeah. it's right next door to um to the brewery. That's why it's not a oh. considered. Uh, it's a pop up, but oh, it's, it's the, not uh, a. It's, oh, it's okay. the actual space right next to it. Oh, they're the gonna open up like a yeah. brick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they have the table. They got like kitchen. So that's what they've been working on. The Correct. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's got cool. Indian place. Yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all, all day. That's I'm going to yeah. be eating nothing but course. Oh, and the bowling alley. I wish Whittier had a bowling yeah, alley. Yeah, I miss Friendly I Hills. Miss, I miss Whitt- Friendly Hills and the old crappy one off of uh, off Telegraph. Telegraph right there. Maybe, yeah. a, maybe a racetrack. Yeah. Send the embers. Bring the embers back. Embers back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, last question. Is there a fond memory of Whittier that anytime you think of Whittier, this memory comes up? It could be recent. It could be, you know, as a child. It could be. A fond memory of uh, I'm trying to think. Whittier. All, most of my memories of Whittier, honestly, are working here. Because I, I grew up, I went to high school here, but I would spend all my time out of Whittier. Because, you know, like, like Vince said, when you're when you're young, you don't want to be in the, well, at least I didn't. I don't want to be in the town I live. Yeah. I thought my town was so boring, you know. Yeah. And Whittier was a lot different back then, too. Um, so I spent most of my time in Montebello and East L.A. Yeah. But, yeah, all my memories, whether good or bad, are probably... In the store, like I mean, you know, when that when the mics are off, I could tell you tons of really crazy <laughs> stories that'll probably get people arrested. But um, part, that'll be part two. Yeah, part two. Yeah. You want like the uh, the unrated edition yeah. to like pay the Patreon yeah. price? Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it really for me, uh, it's really the evolution of Whittier. You know, I've been here a long time. I I went to school at Laurel East Whittier. You know, I used to walk from my house to East Whittier. I remember when it was all you know uh, car dealerships on yeah. Whittier Boulevard. You know, I remember when the quad. You know, had a subway on the opposite side where Burlington was, you know. Yeah. So seeing it really change has really been nice. Um, you know, there was a lot of empty lots in Whittier when I, I first moved here. You know, I remember when we got the Taco Bell Pizza Hut and then it became a, oh, yeah. just a Pizza Hut, you know. So it's, it's nice to see Whittier constantly evolve. And, you know, people just finding out about it, it's always fun for me, you know, especially. Um, I, work, I work over at Disney and a lot of people don't know about the great things that, that Whittier has to offer, you know, the great food here and stuff. And veggie I tell, Bistro. Yes, the Veggie oh, Bistro. I oh, man, I miss the Veggie Bistro The Veggie Bistro, bistro so if you much. were lucky enough to eat it, was... Yeah. Yeah, that... Where, where is it? Where, it used to be next door to Marco Polo. Uh, Remember Marco Polo was here on Comstock? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. It was right next door, and there was this very uh, disgruntled gentleman who owned it, but made the best vegetarian food I've ever had. Probably one of my favorite restaurants I, I think I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, I think so. You yeah. walk in and you eat, and there'd be no music. No music. You're sitting in a restaurant yeah. that's the size of like like a like a it's like a five by five locker. Uh-huh. And, and he, the owner was the also the waiter, and he just didn't want to help anybody. Probably why it closed down. 
Uh, but his food was so good. It's yeah. so good. Even, but, yeah. even the same with the the Chinese the the the. the the Thai restaurant we had, um, oh, Golden yeah. Triangle. Yeah, yeah, Golden Triangle. Golden Triangle yeah. is definitely uh, uh, when they left. It was a, that sad, was a day. sad day for a sad time. day for baseball. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I like I like how much Whittier has changed, and I hope people want to come here now to experience yeah, yeah. you know the city and and the the, the city itself has is really developed. Quite yeah, nicely. every day's Taco Fest in Uptown Whittier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Taco Tuesday, Taco yeah, Wednesday, every every day apparently. <laughs> Especially Uptown Whittier, I think Uptown Whittier's changed the most. Yeah. yeah, you know, you couldn't even walk around at night sometimes without looking over your shoulder. And now it's it's like a family. You know, I yeah. see families walking around at ten, eleven o'clock at night. And yeah. Back in nineteen ninety six, you you couldn't do that. You know? Yeah. yeah, you know, but it's it's a lot nicer now. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Nice. Well, guys, uh, thank you guys for coming on. Yeah. Uh, I know Brian's still running around oh, yeah, uh, helping around customers. Today. It's a busy, again, it's a busy day. I, I, I was shocked to see how many people were, were coming in and out all day. Yeah, it's going to um, definitely pick up in, I'd say, the next hour. It's going to be wow. super swamped in here. Yeah. I so, wouldn't know. I don't work here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go get a sandwich right yeah, now. Yeah. So I have to go home, you know, do, do whatever it is I do. Yeah. Again, thank you guys for coming on, and uh, we'll well, look forward for to us. part two. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you later, Whittier.